Hey y'all, and welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and I've got a Halloween treat for you today. The Hayride, a tale of the Baptist. The old church van was a cacophony of 1983 FM pop and snickering teenage laughter laid over the odd lip smacks and zipper zips from the rear bench. Darren Keebler sat stock still two seats up, focused to discern whose lips and whose zippers opened back there. It was a familiar game, and one to which the youth minister and driver Kevin was wholly oblivious. Trips to the Lake Tuscaloosa Dam, or up to Birmingham for a Carmen concert, or even to the Crimson Tide's A-Day spring practice game, they were all rolling makeout sessions on that back bench. How else could six high schoolers fit back there? That crisp night, the youth group's destination was the Victory Assembly of God Halloween gathering at the McDonald family's ranch out near Lake Nickel. They were decent folks, always invited Darren out to swim in their above-ground pool with the other boys in the group and to play pinball on the full-size machine they kept right in their den. Kevin pulled into a drooping country gas station to fill up, and the third-base orgy in the back abruptly ended. At least, Darren thought what they were doing with the zippers amounted to the much ballyhooed third base objective of middle school boys everywhere. He never really knew which base represented which part of a girl. He just hoped to steal second one day before he found his way to the grave. The backbench paramours unwound themselves and exited the sliding door for Skittles and Spree on manufactured and innocent comments about the burgers waiting on the McDonald's grill and the scary costumes to be seen on the coming evening's hayride through the dirt roads around and about Yellow Creek. One of them, a petite redhead named Sonia, did not disembark from the love boat, instead dropped onto that second bench adjacent to Darren. She smiled at him. He tensed his neck. Sorry I'm not sitting closer, she said. I got a little sweaty back there. Why was she sorry about not sitting closer to him? Darren smiled weakly back. And couldn't form a word. Can I sit with you the rest of the way? She asked, eyes still on his motionless profile. His head rotated a quarter turn toward her. His opposite cheek creased in hidden smile. Yeah, he managed. Awesome, she smiled bigger. I'm Sonia. Darren, he nodded. Thanks. Thanks? For what? Dumbass! He blushed, but unlike every other student at Tuscaloosa Central, she did not acknowledge it. Instead, she eased back into the seat and scooted toward him, hip-checked him with a grin toward the far end of the bench away from the middle. Her claims of sweaty distance evaporated quickly. The country store shoppers returned with Cokes and the crackling wrappers of Zero Bars and Sweet Tarts and filed into their previously selected seats with no notice of the obvious status shift in their little society. Sonia already clasped Darren's hand in hers, but her erstwhile partner from the back bench, whoever that was, was either blind or suddenly uninterested. Darren said nothing the rest of the drive, afraid that any words might be the magic one to open the lock he held on Sonia's fingers. There was victory in being held that simple way, and he intended to savor it for the few seconds that it may have had left. Sonia didn't mind his silence, and she held his hand all the way out of the van and through the fence to the bonfires and picnic tables that greeted them at the McDonald's place. He went wherever her grip took him, happy to be touched and proud to be seen enjoying it. 
nothing else mattered. Brother Vice dropped a couple of hot dogs fresh off the fire into some buns for them and they ate with their free hands while taking in the night. You're quiet, she laughed. Yeah, I'll try to talk more, he promised. Sorry. You don't have to be sorry, Darren, she said. I like you. Those three words, weightier to a boy his age than any pronouncement of God or King, stunned him into silence more. But he tried again a few moments later. I like you too, he said through a dry throat, and she squeezed his hand and smiled at him. She kept doing that. A small engine roared to life behind them. They turned to see a Kawasaki three-wheeler hitched to a small wood-paneled trailer filled with hay bales for sitting. Kevin was already astride the off-road vehicle and some of the assembled kids made their way toward it. Let's go! Sonia squealed and they maneuvered as one from the table on which they sat and landed full trot toward the hayride. They piled into the trailer to claim the last couple-sized seat at the rear left of the rickety hauler, usually occupied with horse and goat feed most likely. Both giggled in exhilaration from the run and successful boarding. Sonia kissed him on the cheek and ignited goosebumps on every square inch of his form. Was this night really even happening? Thanks, he offered again and mentally slapped himself in the face. Sonia just giggled more. This is going to be fun, she said. I love to be scared. Kevin rolled his right wrist back to give the three-wheeler a little gas and they were off, back into the unpaved Arden Road and into the night. The ride was bumpy and dark. There weren't many houses out in these parts, and most of those didn't bother with porch lights and definitely not street lights. It was the perfect place for a spooky haunted hayride. The more liberal-minded and fun-loving members of the congregation threw together some werewolf masks and safety-modded chainsaws and the like and hid in the woods until the hayride drew near before erupting from the brush to capitalize on the building anticipation of scares and startle the bejesus out of the church kids. Halloween might not be God's favorite holiday, but Pastor Rob reckoned keeping all the young'uns within eyesight of his flock seemed better than turning them loose to trick-or-treat with the unwashed masses. The trailer grumbled past a few dark porches and one yard with a universally rotund family arrayed about the place in failing lawn chairs and stacks of tires. They didn't wave or say good evening or anything. Darren considered for a moment that they might be part of the hayride, but then quickly withdrew the notion. The dirt roads of Alabama were lined with destitute and strange families like that one. Families in which something was just... off. Sonia moved in closer to him as they passed that house. A few more lots down the road and Kevin betrayed any coming sneak attacks when he slowed the engine to a crawl and turned off the headlight. Here we go! Sonia whispered hot into Darren's ear. There was a new sensation, and one he wanted more of. The rail of the trailer rocked violently down behind them. Sonia screamed the playful scream of Halloween victims and laughed at the sight of a rubber wolfman mask over the barrel-chested form of what was definitely Brother Charlton, weekly passer of the offering plate. He offered his most sinister howl and pumped the rail like Major Ogilvy just scored a touchdown against Auburn before turning tail and running back into the woods. The entire crew of the trailer laughed still when the telltale whine of a chainsaw ignited on the opposite side of the road. Out of the dark rushed Jason Voorhees, wielding a neutered but screeching chainsaw high above his head in that leather-faced dance they all knew. That mismatched mask deflated the moment for the horror diehards in the group, 
but the choir member under the getup sold the hell out of his role. He jumped on the end of the trailer and swung the harmless weapon low over the heads of the ducking, bellowing riders. Darren missed the next scares entirely. Mid-laugh, Sonya braced his face with her palms and kissed him. It was better than any inkling of what his adolescent desires conjured about a kiss. More than just an intimate physical contact given with permission, the act sealed a bubbling need that first erupted not at the gas station earlier that evening, but the moment at age eight when he glimpsed Jessica Lang in tribal dress bound for ritual sacrifice to the monstrous Kong. The shifting dance of their lips and the warm embrace of their tongues were all that existed in all of creation for those scant minutes. The back bench had nothing on their little bale of hay. Their sweet oblivion was a disappointment to the dime store Michael Myers who followed, and to a trio of omelet chefs from the monthly men's fellowship breakfast, all artificially decayed to zombies for the event. In fact, the kiss only stopped when the hayride did. The trailer dipped and lurched to a halt in shallow running water. The unexpected motion snapped reality back into shape for Darren and Sonya, and they came up for air to see what had happened. Kevin gunned the three-wheeler's engine on the other side of what was certainly a runoff from Yellow Creek, but to no avail. The front wheels of the trailer were stuck down in the muck and wouldn't budge. Oh, this ain't part of the hayride, guys, Kevin assured. Hop out and let me give her a try without all the people wait. One by one, they all clambered out of the trailer and into the ankle-deep mire. Sonya's hand was still welded to Darren's, and it pulled him to the far bank and behind an old oak. She elevated on tiptoes and kissed him again. The magic wasn't isolated to the hayride. He was certain he crackled with visible electrical arcs from head to toe, and there was something extra about pulling her up to him with his arm about her waist, something protective, something strong. Whoops rose from the hayride group to interrupt them as the trailer rolled from the water, and Sonya grinned at him wickedly. Let's stay out here, okay? She implored. We'll spend some time alone and walk back before anyone notices. It's not that far. That offer was a no-brainer. Okay, Darren said. She led him maybe a hundred feet off the road and along the creek that ran parallel to it, before she gasped and her hand released his for the first time since they had joined hours earlier. In the pale moonlight, she disappeared for a second before a splash into the creek revealed her fate. Darren's own shoe hit the jutting tree root after it tripped Sonya, but his forward motion stopped. He didn't go down. She emerged laughing but drenched, her hair flat and dripping, her makeup smeared and running. I tripped, she clarified with irony and laughed some more. Darren draped his arm over her shoulders and offered the hem of his Motley Crew t-shirt, safely hidden under his jacket, to dry her face. She accepted and dabbed at her eyes, which brought a tinge of autumn chill to his bare belly when she lifted the fabric away from it. You didn't see that, she chided with a shiver. It's cool, Darren said. When I was ten, I got caught in a rip current at Gulf Shores. They pulled me offshore and drowned me before the lifeguards got to me. A little dip in the creek ain't nothing compared to that. She dropped his shirt, glanced up at him with still wet eyes. Drowned you? she asked. Must not have drowned you too good. You're an awful warm kisser for a dead boy. Yeah, I wasn't breathing when they hauled me back to the beach, he explained. They revived me with CPR. 
I was coughing up salt water for days, I reckon. Ugh, yeah, I don't feel so bad now, Sonya jabbed. She pressed her left cheek into his chest, still shivering against him, and he took her in, there on that strangest of nights. Her eyes closed and her easy way was gone. She seemed distressed, maybe even scared all of a sudden. And her face was wet again, but she wasn't crying. The water seeped from her closed eyes. Her nose was running from both nostrils, and there was a subtle spill from her mouth that defied gravity to join the rivulets from the other parts of her face, almost like a mask. It was a trick of the low light and the air of Halloween and the anxiety of pleasure found and lost, he told himself. But when she opened her eyes to look up at him again, that shimmering water mask was there still, running the width and breadth of her beauty and back into her ears then. You are blessed, Darren, she said with the added syllable on blessed, only used by preachers and the most pretentious of Sunday school teachers. She stroked his face again, her touch different, probing and not inviting. Blessed to be alive after drowning. Blessed to walk God's green earth. Blessed to be here among us tonight. Those words burst from Sonia as though preached from a pulpit. Darren flinched in reflex. She squeezed his hand hard, hard enough to cause pain, and pulled him to her. Torn between the change in her and the desire to have her back the way she was for the rest of the night, he tried to look away rather than pull away. Have you ever been baptized? She asked from out of nowhere. No, he answered. I'm, I'm not ready. I like rock music and horror movies and stuff too much. The waters on her face beaded as she gazed up at him, pooled into concentrated forms as though lifting toward him as he spoke. Kiss me again, Darren, she invited. Taste these consecrated waters and be baptized with me. Consecrated? Maybe she hit her head when she fell. Darren was worried, and bad as he wanted another kiss from Sonya, he did not want one from the girl who came out of the creek in her place. I, I think we need to get you back to the group and get you dried off. Maybe get some medicine for your head or something, he urged. Her grip on his hand tightened again. He realized his fingers were numb. She placed her opposite palm squarely into his sternum and pushed him back toward the creek with force. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. The language and the cadence were undeniable. She was quoting scripture from some chapter of some book of the Bible. What was happening? Darren was a head taller than Sonya and mostly past puberty. He was wiry and pretty strong, but she moved him. Mud from the creek bank piled at his heels as she pushed him back into it, and he tried to resist without hurting her. Sonya? It was the first time he'd actually said her name. Sonya, please stop, he begged. You hit your head and I want to help, but stop pushing me. But she did not stop. His balance precarious, Darren grabbed the arm against his chest and tried to snatch it away. It was covered in a thick film of water, slimy to his touch, and did not give an inch. She smiled benevolently at him, tilted her head and angled again for a kiss, preceded by the reaching fluids on her face. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me 
is mightier than I. She whispered that time and abruptly released his hand and threw her uplifted palm into his chin. Bells rang in Darren's temples, and he bit his tongue badly. Dazed, he stumbled back and dropped butt-first into the creek. The cold water filled his jeans and Nikes in an instant, but he didn't have the wherewithal to get himself up again. He dabbed at his tongue to try and assess the damage, but he couldn't see or feel anything worthwhile. Sonia faded into that dark, but she was there somewhere, footfalls splashing in the creek as she circled him. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? More scripture, but not in Sonia's voice, distorted, deeper, and from higher in the air than her head extended. Darren's nerves caught fire from his danger sense. What was happening there was more than the misguided actions of an injured and confused girl. He moved to stand and run, but a hand got inside his hair before he could get to his knees. Then, that warbling voice again. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Darren's eyes reluctantly took his command and looked up. There stood Sonia, her expression blank but smiling, her fingers all entangled in his hair and freezing him in place. But it was not just Sonia. The waters of Yellow Creek slid up and around her, coalesced into a larger body that encased her within it. Shreds of black fabric undulated about the swirling, viscous fluid like a rotting choir robe gathered at its middle by a blood-red sash. Atop the heap of waters was a shining black hood struck with an inverted and glowing golden cross slashed rightward down across the face of the thing, suspended above a hanging jaw of just bone and teeth. It was from there that the baptismal verses were uttered. Even without seeing it open and shut, Darren knew that. The sight of the thing paralyzed him long enough to allow an embrace from its own hands. Those just roiling, overlong digits of viscid brine emerged from the threadbare sleeves of its cloak. The gooey fingers slipped into his nose and through his pressed lips and eyelids to fill his sinuses and then his lungs in a way that only compared to his drowning in the Gulf of Mexico all those years ago. There was a peace in the feeling, a closure to all of the trauma, nightmares, and fears of swimming pools and such. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That was Sonia's voice again. The memorized sound of her whispers on sweet breath awakened him. Darren remembered a classic line from the Stephen King horror movie Creepshow. You can't kill us. We're already dead. Could the monstrous Baptist drown him in holy water if he had already drowned before? And if the water was no longer holy, could the thing even exist at all? From the core of his being, Darren pushed what air remained in his lungs up and against the invading waters of the watery monster that took the only girl who ever liked him. It was just a silent, primal scream at first, but unholy words shaped themselves out of the effort words to desiccate the waters that tried to kill him. Words of rock and roll, 
Words of Motley Crue. Words of the devil. He only heard them inside his head to begin with. He'll be the risk in the kiss. Might be the anger on your lips. Might run scared for the door. Vince Neal channeled Satan just for him in that moment, and the water fled the evil inside of him, spewing from mouth and nose like Old Faithful until he could talk again. He rose to his full six feet and plunged his own hands then into the waters of the Baptist to grab Sonia and pull her through and free from the suddenly disintegrating morass. And he sang, But in seasons of wither we'll stand and deliver. She fell unconscious into his right arm, and he reached up with his left and tore at the robes of the wavering Baptist, and he finished the verse. Be strong and laugh and shout at the devil. The filmy cassock gave way to Darren's satanic fervor, collapsed through the parting waves, and the last rivulets of the beast's waters left his face, but he did not stop. Shout! Darren wrapped the slimy fabric around his fist and hauled the howling head of the Baptist down. Shout! The molded mandible and muck-crusted cross and mask strained to turn away from the evil emboldened boy. Shout! Darren torqued the twisted cloak a final time to bring the hood face to face with him. Shout at the devil! And, their holy consecration destroyed, the waters of Yellow Creek returned to their bed in thunderous splashdown. The force of the collapse unwound the threads from Darren's grasp and washed them away with the hood and sash and jawbones of whatever self-righteous purveyor of guilt owned them in the first place. Darren was alone there with Sonia again, but she was not breathing. After his drowning, he had learned CPR in tribute to the lifeguards who saved him. Gently, deliberately, he carried her to the flat of the creek bank took in her beauty as he descended on her, and once again pressed his lips to hers. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, The Hayride, A Tale of the Baptist, written by Kevin Laporte, narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. If you enjoyed this and want to hear more of Ain't No Such Thing, you need to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Patreon, and you can interact with us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash ain't no such thing. We're wishing you all a very happy Halloween, be safe, and we'll be back with another one for you real soon.